0: Hey, welcome to Harping with Harpo podcast, series 2, episode 2, or our 12th podcast. It's a supplement to Harpo the Healer on YouTube. It's all about uh, blues harmonica, but this uh, shorter series is uh, all about mysteries, disappearances, and strange phenomenon. And today, which is the 21st of June 2021, we are looking at the mystery of D.B. Cooper, the only aviation skyjack in aviation history in USA. Never to be solved. Codename Norjak. A nondescript man hijacks an airliner. Demands $200,000, which in today's equivalent is around $1.39 million. He parachutes from the plane. Never to be seen again dead or alive. It'll be 50 years ago in November of this year, 2021. It is the style of case that hundreds, if not thousands of amateur sleuths have been obsessed with and even encouraged by the FBI. To some, he became a cult hero in an age of anti-war protests, civil rights, the counterculture, for and against the hippie movement, feminism, to name but just a few. To others, D.B. Cooper was just another sleazy, dirty, rotten criminal. We're on through the case, and I'm sure you'll be fascinated with our conclusions, which vary considerably from the rank-and-file analysis. My friend R.J. and I like to think outside the box, and later in the year we'll do another in-depth psychological study to coincide with the anniversary and cement our original thought processes. So, step forward with us now into this compelling story of Dan Cooper. Hey, Argy, how's it going today?
1: Yeah, it's going fine. It's going fine, Harpo. It's
0: great. Excellent. Well, today we're going to look at this this thing that uh, the FBI codenamed Norjak, a Northwest Orient plane that was hijacked. And uh, it's the only unsolved crime in uh, aviation crime in uh, United States history. It's never been solved after we're in the 50th year. It all happened November 24th, 1971. And for people who are really interested, that was a Wednesday. okay? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, people were trying to get home for Thanksgiving. It was the holiday season. It's there sort of. It's like having a Christmas dinner in the middle of November. If you've ever been out that way, it feels a bit odd to us but um mm. and a sartorially dressed nondescript slim they say middle-aged could have been younger uh, guy wearing a black suit black tie white shirt uh, rain mac uh, with a light at- uh, with a, a briefcase or a light attaché case he arrives at an airport check-in desk and in this case Portland international oregon he buys a one-way ticket for the 2.45 p.m. Northwest Orient flight to Seattle, Tacoma. Pays cash for the ticket. In this case, it was $20. That's including the tech. And he uh, puts his name on, or uh, gives his name, or puts his name down as Dan Cooper. Flight number 305, a Boeing 77100 100 And this particular hop is one of the shortest little hops they do for Northwest Orient. 30 minutes in uh, in very good weather. Now, internal flights at this time, RJ had no ID no security, no check. And our man, Cooper, well, very ordinary looking. You, If he walked past you without the shades or anything, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even look at him. He mm. boards Flight 305 and takes a seat at the back, either 18C or 18B. Witnesses, um, uh, the jury's out on that one, but I think you and I can do that. If you and I, RJ, were going to do something like that, it's the holiday season, there's only, mm-hmm. what, 35 passengers on the plane. They're met, seated mainly uh, in the middle and towards the front, so there's nobody at the back. If there's a row of three seats, which one would you reckon you'd sit in? Would you sit in me? the aisle seat, the middle seat, or the which which of those three seats oh. would you sit in? Well, I, I
1: don't know. It's interesting. I might put it in the middle one. to yeah. stop. People what I do. On the, yeah, yeah. I put yeah. the
0: briefcase down on one, Yeah. the rain bank, that's what I'd do. And I reckon that's yeah. what he did. And I keep thinking he fluctuates between the middle seat and the, uh, yeah. the seat on the, the aisle seat. That's yeah. what I think he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, hostess comes to him and he orders a bourbon and soda. And the actual takeoff time is uh, 2.50. It it's scheduled for 2.45. Mm-hmm. But just as the taxiing down the runway, uh, Florence Schaffner, the air hostess, um, she's about to take a, a, a place in the jump seat, which is attached to the rear door that uh, opens up to the aft staircase. And uh, Cooper leans over and uh, hands her a note and she slips it away, not bothering to read it because she thinks, well, you know, just another proposal. Another guy trying his luck in the whole of the yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, but then he's uh, persistent stares and everything, urges her to have a look. And uh, basically it says, I have a bomb here. I would like you to sit with me. Now, this the actual slight discrepancy on this actual note. I've done quite a bit of research and they, it's it's done in black felt pen capitals. And I've, I looked at a few, but it could possibly have been I have a palm in my briefcase. I'll use it if necessary. I want you to sit next to me. You are being hijacked. But I, but he doesn't say you're sincerely Dan Cooper. That bit's missed off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> so basically, uh, that's the situation. And Florence uh, Schaffner, Florence Schaffner, she um, quickly wants to see it and she calls over. Tina Mucklow, her um, colleague, to come over and have a look. He lifts up the briefcase slightly. and What they see is uh, eight sticks of red cylindrical four on four, which look like sticks of dynamite, red insulation wires and a, a large cylindrical battery. And he's got one wire in one hand, one wire in the other. And he says, if, if my demands are not met, then I'm going to blow up the plane. So, the uh, hostess, she uh, informs the flight deck, and uh, the captain, Captain Scott, he informs the control tower, who in turn alert uh, Northwest Orient Airlines and the FBI. And so that's the situation uh, they are. They're in a hijacking situation. Now, believe it or not, RJ, through the Mm -hmm. whole of this, the passengers aren't really aware what's going on. Mm. They tell them there's a slight delay, there's going to be a slight delay, technical hitch, but... By and large, apart from the fact when the passenger comes back, wants to use the back toilet, I think he got a bit agitated. I think the fact that he can control the crew, but he, he, he can't, you know, passengers are a different problem. Anyway, on this other note, and he, it says he's, he's got um, 200, he wants $200,000 uh, placed in a knapsack, four parachutes, two main back chutes and two, uh, two front reserves. And he wants a fuel tanker standing by. At um, at Tacoma, and so uh, these notes are taken up to the to the, the to the front, and so obviously he relays the messages. Yeah. The airline agree, they agree to it, and then they're going to have to get rallying around with the FBI to get the money in the shoots. Yeah. Now, as far as I know, the FBI contacted C First Bank in Seattle. Maybe another one, but the, it's Federal Reserve money because it's got an L on it. And they mm. said that they had microfilmed all this and they had actually sorted the money in serial numbers. But that's not true. They didn't get as much as they thought that they did. But uh, but um, they have a reasonable idea, but a lot skipped through. Mm. But they didn't say that to the general public at that time. OK, basically, he's smoking rally cigarettes and sipping his mm. bourbon and he even offers to give the change to the Oss and He's uh, very uh, solicitous in the fact. He even offers to make sure that the crew have got meals if they're needed. Yeah. and he's it's quite—it's quite unbelievably cool in his mm. um, in, in his in his approach. Yeah. So they're they flying like a they start circling around a place called Puget Sound, um, and they're circling there for two hours, two hours while uh, they're going to get all this together. The money and the chutes. He actually says at one point, oh, there's Tacoma down there and uh, that's McLeod Air Force Base, 20 minute drive away. So as uh, Tina Mocklow says, or Florence Schaffner, they say he has, he has knowledge of, she said he has local knowledge of the area. <clears throat> whether whether he, he, he was from there, we'll, we'll never know. They get the money, they get the uh, ransom money together and the chutes. And uh, then he comes in and they land at 5.29 p.m. That's an hour after sunset, because at that time of year, it's going to be mm. dark.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, possible oversight for our man Cooper here, mm. because he didn't specify what bills he wanted. So they're brought in $20 bills. So that is £23.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So they're landing at five twenty-nine. He instructs them to uh, taxi to a remote part of the airport, and he gets them to pull all the blinds down. So he's clearly aware of possible police snipers. Once the operations manager has delivered these shoots uh, to um, the back of the plane, then he uh, gives the word, he releases the passengers who still don't really have a clue what had been going on. They thought mm. it was a technical hitch. And he also lets Florence Schaffner and the other air hostess, uh, Alice Hancock, go. But you've got the, uh, he keeps Tina Mucklow on board, the younger one, the younger hostess, and he also keeps the flight engineer, the co-pilot and the pilot in the cockpit. Now, yeah. he inspects the cache. Obviously, he inspects it before he releases them. And once he's satisfied, he obviously releases, as I said, he releases the uh, the, the rest of the crew and the um, passengers. Got a pilot, a co-pilot, a flight engineer still on. And, uh, of course, Tina Mucklow. Now, here's the uh, here's the thing. He then says that he wants tells it uh, to reply to the uh, to the flight deck. He says to Muckler, I want um, I want to I want them to fly with the undercarriage stayed down. I want to fly at ten thousand feet. I want the flaps at fifteen degrees, and I don't want you to fly more than two hundred miles an hour. Depressurized. Um, and also he said something very strange. He said, "I want you to fly down Victor 23. Well, she relays these things to the captain, and the captain says, "He says what?" Victor 23. Now, Vector 23 is a known bearing, a known corridor. It's a low-altitude corridor in the sky, if you like, where they can fly underneath, uh, fly at low altitude. And he was surprised that he'd used the word Victor 23, which we could come back to, as we're Mm -hmm. going to come back to the parachutes of one day. And he's there, yeah. but he's still cool about it. And while they were refueling him, how's this for being cool, RJ? they had a vapor lock in one of the tankers and they had to go and get another one yeah yeah and i mean he's got to be pretty cool to to not be agitated about that i mean yeah that,
1: that's, yeah they been installing him couldn't they
0: yeah yeah and well the uh, FAa did want to have a meeting with him but he uh, he refused that he said mm. no i don't want that and as soon as mm-hmm. he got everything mm-hmm. in place he's, uh, he's he's ready to take take off but he says to them and here's another one he says to them I want you to take off with the stairs down.
2: Yeah.
0: They say, no, you can't do that.
2: Mm.
0: He said this. Actually, he said, you can, you can, you can do it. But he didn't press the point. He actually says, yes, you can do it. But he never pressed the point. He went, OK, we'll do it when it's in the air now. And that's actually documented. I didn't know this for years, but that's that's quite mm.
2: a quite. Yeah, a big, he, yeah. Because as
0: I said, I must tell the listener just before we carry on with the story. I became interested in this back in the mid 80s. I was coming across the Atlantic in a Northwest Orient 747. Mm. And somebody had given me Max Gunther's, the very first book on. The, it's not particularly brilliant, actually, but it was on what happened to D.B. Cooper. And I was actually reading it on a 747. <laughs> 747 coming across the atlantic well clearly there's no worry because i don't think i was going to throw myself out of a 747 at thirty seven thousand no. feet over the atlantic it's kind of a bit ludicrous but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway so they um so they take off at 740 i think it was when they take off
2: yeah
0: but he wants them to set a course for mexico city mm. Um, but they realise they haven't got enough fuel to get there. They're going to have to stop and refuel. They haven't. They they can't do. They can't go that far. No. And so and he says, look, we got two choices. You can go to Reno, or go to Phoenix. And he mm-hmm. picks Reno. He says, yeah, Reno's nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll go there. And so that's that was the situation. So they fly on a bit. Now, at about eight eight. Yeah, we must be getting up to the stage where about eight. 8 o'clock, yeah, 8 eight p.m., they noticed that the Aft stair light's on at the back.
2: Mm.
0: He'd t- asked Tina Mucklow to go into the cockpit and shot them and, and leave. But as she was leaving, she saw him tie something round his waist. She thought it was probably the money bag. Mm. At 8 o'clock, the Aft stair light goes on. Then the next thing, I think it's at 8.13, that there's a depression in the tail. They feel it in the cockpit, and uh, Scott has to retrim the plane. He has to trim it. You know, Mm -hmm. he's uh, he's flying down this vector 23 and he's although they were going to put it on autopilot He's flying it manually because they're flying it so damn slow Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, Mm -hmm. they'll be dragged from the wheels and everything and flying at 10,000 depressurized so And he's flying down this corridor, but at 813 when they feel that depression in the tail They reckon that that's the point cooper makes his jump and so the plane flies on uh, oh, so the the other guy in the cockpit, his name was Harold E. Anderson. He was the flight engineer, co-pilot Radicek, Bill Radicek, and uh, pilot uh, Scott. And they'd fly on, and I think they land in Reno at about 10.15 or somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, um, but, when they were, but when they were in the air, before he jumped, two fighters were scrambled, two mm-hmm. uh, F-106s from McLeod Air Force Base, One flew above, one flew below, but they had huge problems because they can't fly that slow. He's Mm -hmm. flying at 10,000, he's flying under the radar, so the radar can't can't pick him up. And they're having to do huge S's to come round and fly up and below to try and stay with the plane. There was also a T-33 trainer, a National Guard plane on another mission, told to follow it. But uh, they ran short on fuel soon after, Mm -hmm. and they had to turn back. They, they landed at uh, about 10.15 and uh, the FBI stormed the plane and uh, they don't know whether the bomb or he's still on board or has he gone? You know, they're not sure. Uh, the plane landed with its staircase down, sparks flying everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: that's it. But he's gone. They realize mm-hmm. he's gone. Mm-hmm. But he's left his calling card. His calling right. card is a black. Clip-on tie left on the seat. Oh, yeah, yeah, be yeah. Like pink Panther films, leaving a yeah. calling card, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think seven or eight cigarette butts that were, were left. And he'd had a he'd had a couple of bourbons on, and that's it. He's gone. Yeah. Our man Dan Cooper has left, never to be seen again.
1: Why do you think? Just on that note, there. Why he's so meticulous? It sounds. Why would he leave the tie? Do you think that's significant? Is that symbolic of something? Yes, that is
0: the, that, that question there, RJ, has been debated for 50 years <laughs> <laughs> And as you ask me it, I've been racking that wonder, wonder, wonder You know, is this a, a, a disgruntled employee of, a, of an airline Or yeah. is it a tie that perhaps he nicked or borrowed from somebody else And he's just using it, you know yeah. Because it's a Jason Jason Penny tie, I think they're cheap clip-ons. They're they're mm. used in the aviation, but they're used in electronics. They're used in production. They're used with all all that sort of thing.
2: Mm. And it's mm. a
0: really it's a really interesting one with that tie because mm. they've done tests on it and they found traces of aluminium and things that yeah. um, mm. possibly could be uh, to do with electronics, oscilloscopes, yeah. whether it whether he'd been an, uh, an electrical guy. But, of course, they failed to realise that he could have just taken that tie from somebody else. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that it was his tie. No. You know? And I think that that's, uh, that's, that's quite... It's that's a bit quite... of a dead end. It's a bit of a dead end, really, isn't yeah. it, when you, well, when you a, investigate there's it? There's a massive, massive search on the go. But I thought what we'd first start off with is the actual... where we actually jump. Now, mm. yeah. the mm-hmm. actual from uh, the airport seattle to portland oregon it's roughly about 120 miles roughly right, on,
2: right
0: on. and so if he's flying at very slow at 200 miles an hour right. and we know that he jumped at 813 and they mm. left at 740 mm. and i worked that out well, how many uh, it's half
2: about
1: half an hour isn't it? it's half an hour so it's about about 100 miles 30, 33 now. minutes so 33
0: yes. 200 is 66 miles so 120 He's just over halfway on that Victor 23 route. And yeah. so where they were actually looking for him is probably about right, actually, Yeah. But on those figures. I think they mm. got it right. You know, people say, well, but then the wind was coming from the southwest, so mm. it's kind of blowing him northeast. So he's yeah. been blown to the right somehow. Mm. Now, there are mountains and one other thing further, further east and big lakes that you might have gone in, but they reckon around aerial area amble town or even further north somewhere up there but um yeah just about this victor 23 route the 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 route they flew on from um um it's about an eight mile wide uh air corridor and um you know as we worked out you know if you go halfway down and he jumps there uh right smack halfway as we worked out if he doesn't drift then it's as likely to fall straight smack bang into the centre of the Columbian River, uh, the northern leg, which then flows up and then makes another 90 degree turn to the west and then flows out towards the ocean. Um, if, he, if he drifts, as we suspected, then um, from the winds coming from the southwest, well, yep, he's up in that northeastern quarter, but so anything north, a few miles north of Ariel, perhaps. Uh, a logging town and trading place, and then from there up north towards uh, Lake uh, Merwin. Well, that, that's uh, yeah, that's the ballpark, all right. Mm. I mean, let's just we'll just let's just go for that a bit. What do you think about the actual the actual jump from
1: the plane? Well, it was night time, wasn't it? Presumably, it was night time. You no,
0: know, I mean you know that I've I've done some three four parachuting as a yeah. young uh, yeah there, long 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 time ago. All yeah. right, no, I wouldn't do it these days, but um, and I just thought to myself, any skydiver that says you're going to jump at night, yeah, with a parachute that's unsteerable. Oh, we're going to go to the parachutes in a minute at night with that kind of bad weather into yeah. possible forest, possible water, possible. Um, to my mind, it's complete and utter madness. No jump boots, no helmet, nothing, yeah. madness. You we say, right? Yeah. So, but that aside i a i've never come across a skydiver ever mm. or anybody that ever, that never said that he could make it because they're optimists yeah. by nature yeah so any skydiver that does not think he would make it i i i, I the, you just think he'll make it because you're an optimist by nature so
2: mm,
0: mm. um he feels lucky do you
1: think, do you think he maybe he feels it? lucky at that point still
0: Yeah, and they always have him going down the staircase forwards. And I always think, if I was doing that, I'd have gone down backwards and jumped back into the slipstream. And then I thought to myself, no, I wouldn't, because he's not wearing a helmet.
2: Mm. And
0: I've seen plenty of experience of guys leaving the plane Mm. where they hit the head on the step or anything, where they don't jump back into the slipstream enough, because they've got a helmet on they hit the head on the step and they're perfectly all right. Mm. But to avoid that if you go down the stairs forwards and yeah. there you go you you won't you're not going to hit it. It's quite a head.
1: dangerous. It is dangerous because you've got those jets.
0: Yeah, terribly dangerous.
1: Because you've got those jet engines at the back, haven't you? And you're flying out there. I mean, you yeah. you'd have to like you say you'd have to be mad just on that thought, wouldn't you? Well, How the are you interesting miss all
0: thing the, the interesting thing about this is that the um the CIA and people and the, during the Vietnam War, they were doing these secret jumps and putting people behind the lines into places in Vietnam, Cambodia, and they mm-hmm. were using 727s with back staircases. Mm-hmm. That's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you could argue that he possibly could have yeah, a lot
2: of knowledge. Of that, yeah. I mean, what
0: do you think? Yeah, do you think he got a lot of knowledge of the
1: plane? Yeah, I mean, I think he has. I mean, he's cool. He's pretty cool. About whichever way he's look, whichever way you look at it, he's he's um, he, he is incredible. It's an incredible story. I would like to sort of say he could be, he could very well be. Um, he's very. I mean, I, have you spoken? You, you obviously know pilots. Have you met pilots? Yeah, yeah They're like, yeah. they're trained. I mean, I've done that obviously back in the day. This yeah, is nineteen seventy-one. Like yeah, they are focused, <laughs> focused, focused, focused. And I think you, you, you well, they have military. You have military trained ones. And I think even, well, the commercial ones, the ones that are flying, you know, the aeroplanes, the big yeah. ones, the training that I had to go through. I mean, that's maybe now. I don't know what the training would have been back then. But, you know, I can imagine it being, you know, hugely rigorous. And they're, they're not going to let anybody be a pilot, are they? I mean, it's, just, it's the no. hierarchy of being a pilot. You it, It's a weird world, I think, pilots. There's the number one, isn't there? There's a the top pilot. And there's just a pecking order. And you yeah. only get to a height or a kind of level in being a pilot from your experience. You know, mm. so you've got to to be at the top. You'll have made so many flights, you know, so much airtime under your belt. Mm. And you call the shots. But you could you imagine, like, somebody really low down who's got maybe a bit of experience or saying, I want to be at the top there. And it's like you're never yeah. going to get to well, the Well, I, I
0: noticed with, with, this, with this particular thing, I mean, We'll look at the parachutes. I mean, mm. we'll get to this guy, Earl Coasey, in a minute. But they, there were four parachutes delivered. And Earl Coasey, the rigger and the, para- the guy that supplied the chutes, for years he said that um, they were his and he owned them, which was, was false. He was playing false truths. It wasn't. Yeah. Now, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, we'll okay. go to the, the chutes that he had. He said he didn't want them from McCloyd Air Force Base. He wanted civilian chutes because he wanted mm. to pull his own ripcord. So what had been delivered were two backshuts. One was a sporty type parachute. The other one was uh, an MB8 or in MB, an MB6. It's basically a naval pilot's um, emergency mm-hmm. chute. Then there were two reserves. But this is where he makes a big mistake because he he picks one of the reserves that um, is basically it was an accident. They brought him a dummy. It was yeah. a dummy reserve.
2: Yeah. And he
0: picked that one, and everybody says. That proves Cooper wasn't an expert, but I disprove that because I say, well, no, because the the expert that brought it, he made the mistake. So they both mm. made the same mistake. That's if we're led to believe that that was true. I, I, you know, you've got to believe that they're saying that that second reserve that he picked was a dummy. This is what yeah, people but say. When
1: you're a pilot uh, or sort a of parachutist, you have to pack your own. You pack your own shoots. Um, you're, you? you're going to
0: be packing your own shoots a lot of times. Or riggers might well pack for you. In this case, um, you know uh, the rigger uh, packed those shoots. Apparently, um, Earl Cozy, mm-hmm. but but he but Dan Cooper, he picks the um, he picks the NBA. He picks the the pilot emer- a much older shoot with no yeah. steering. He picks that one, and people mm-hmm. say he wasn't an expert because he picked that one. Mm-hmm. I think. I would have picked that one because it's the one shoot at the others. The mm. others are much softer opening, much more maneuverable, much better, much, much newer. But mm. he picks that one, a twenty-eight foot shoot.
2: What's designed that? designed
0: mm. to come out of a plane going very fast like a jet. Mm. So actually mm. his choice I think was probably pretty good under those circumstances. And he just checked it had dummy on it. He Main sure no, no, talking about his back chute, not his front chute. Right. He opened, yeah, his I back see
2: shoot.
0: yeah, not okay. the reserve. So, right, so I, I think he made a good choice because mm-hmm. he's picking a chute that, um, and people say, oh, well, you know, the wind at 80 mile an hour, uh, the, the 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 terrible cold and all the rest of it. And but then, you know, you will have had relatives like I've had relatives, RJ,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, um, bomber pilots, some of them had to bail out under those conditions and survived
2: yeah Onside,
0: yeah you know bomber pilots so there's a good mm. chance that uh, that that he could have made it but um but i just think that the the parachute business is very it's very very odd
1: so it's not as significant you don't think in itself
0: i, I think that he's got more experience than they than the mm. authorities and everybody thought for years that he mm. had i think mm. that I think he knew. I think he knew a lot, a lot more, and I thought that would be a, quite a good choice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but the concern for me is the fact that it's not much of a concern. But this guy who was the rigger, there weren't his parachutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, two other guys brought them to the to the airport. They, he, mm-hmm. he, I think he'd been the rigger or the packer of those chutes, and he at one time may have owned them. He didn't own them, but he kept that. Story up, and he was the spokesman for the FBI for many, many years.
2: Yeah, and he kept yeah. that
0: little half truth alive, probably because he was the expert mm, mm. and uh, you know, it, it, that, that and it, it saved the other guys the trouble. But, um, but uh, the, the the concerning is here that El Cosi was murdered in 2013, a burglary gone wrong at his house.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah I read that. Yeah, some yeah, people
0: think, oh, is that some form it's of connected. Experience? Yeah. I don't think so at all. I think people are clutching at straws because um, it's too long after the event.
1: Why? Are we... yeah. yeah, it's too long. It's, fast it's too long. long. It, it's yeah. not. It's
0: not. And, and the poor chap. It's not his. You know. Um, and I. I think if I was the FBI, I'd have done the same thing. He's the expert. Okay, they delivered the shoots, but mm. it's no big deal. They only had. They had less than two hours to get these shoots on yeah, hol-
2: the holiday thing, day. Isn't it? Everyone's, and the yeah. guys,
0: I don't want them—the fr- military ones—from the airbase. They've got to scrap around to get these shoots together.
1: So mm. I don't
0: actually think there's a conspiracy in that at all. Do you? Mm.
1: No, I um, think it's just—it's just these things happen, don't they?
0: Yeah. And it's... if I—if you or I were I with the FBI guy, I always wanted to be an FBI guy since I was a kid, actually. So I realised wrong nation, and because um, I was yeah. watching all the films, you know, and I yeah. thought. And then I was in the States one time where a guy was at law school and showed me an application form. He says, Look, they send these when you're at law school, they send you these round if you want yeah. to join. And he says, uh-huh. Is it difficult? He says, My God. He says, You wouldn't believe how difficult it gets in here. And we started talking. And then I said, Well, my distant relatives happen to be uh, General Lee and General mm-hmm. Arm instead of the Confederacy.
2: At, uh, mm-hmm.
0: Um, who took the guns at Cemetery Ridge in 1863, and he goes, "Oh, I said I might be more qualified than you," and we started laughing. And I said, "All right, they were on the wrong side, but yeah. <laughs> I might be." <laughs> but anyway, it always looked, always looked. At it, they made it look really interesting on the TV and back in the sort of 60s and early 70s. But I'm sure it's uh, yeah you know, very different in real life. Yeah. Then the next thing to to consider after after the parachutes is is. Um, the the cigarette box that evidence went astray years yeah. later they decided they could get dry saliva off the off the cigarette box yeah but, but again i think i don't think there's a conspiracy there i think that that just uh, just happened i just think i don't think that there's i think that they were all trying to do a good job um yeah that's the guy's name norman hayden was the pilot who who uh, uh, brought the actual shoot to the um to the mm-hmm. to the center but no, I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything in that or not now in 2009 they the amboy shoot they found a, a parachute in sort of cooper country area yeah. and earl cozy that consultant on the parachute he said uh, no it's definitely not it's definitely not because it's um it's it's made of silk and not nylon and dismissed it very quickly and there's a lot of discrepancy around that particular shoot I mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that shoot hadn't been the shoot, actually, simply mm. because there's no harness attached to it and there was nothing like that attached to it. And which, mm. So if if, you, if, either, if it was a World War II thing, it'd have a container attached to it, and if there's no container and it's buried, you think, well, what's it doing buried there out in the middle of nowhere? Mm. Mm. But um, there's the jury's out on that. They've never been able to decide whether... Yeah, I hadn't heard that one. They yeah. found
1: a parachute. They right, found okay. a
0: parachute, but they discarded it and said it was from World War II and it had nothing to do with... Yeah. Uh, but I'm not so sure, you know. I. It's like all these things. Um, You you can only go by what people are saying. Uh, yeah. And the investigation goes on, mm. you know. So what do you think about his survival chances? Yeah, it's quite... A,
1: just, I'd be surprised if he did survive,
0: because I think to myself, yeah, like you. I mean, if he, he's he got to avoid hitting the trees, mm. he's got to avoid landing in water, yeah, the Columbia River or Big Lake. And if he get yeah. and he's not got any proper boots on, he's
1: got no helmet and he's got no and he can't see the. He, he, presumably, it's in the dark, so you wouldn't be able to see cloud, the ground yeah, approaching. Good, good point.
0: Yeah, the cloud was. Um, to five thousand feet. So if he jumps out at ten, he can't see anything in the dark till five. Then it's broken cloud down to, to three, and then it's dark on top of that, and he can't steer. The parachute is picked. He can't steer it. Yeah. So What,
1: you, a, <laughs> what do you think? It's about really 40 difficult 60, to 60, percentage. 60? Well, yeah, I mean that, that's quite high. I would have thought that's quite high. I mean, just 50, on a general 50, 80, level, to eighty, he he makes it. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, yeah, I reckon. He's, he's, it's, But the thing is, there's no evidence. Is that there's no body, is there? There's nothing, so it's really difficult to the say. The only
0: other evidence that came was in 1980 when that uh, young boy uh, Brian Ingram in 1980 yeah. finds some of the money at uh, yeah. a place called Tina Bar.
1: Yeah, washed up or yeah.
0: under the sand yeah. or something. Yeah, so like uh, for, for listeners, it's all over the net now. The one thing I got there, the money's all kind of chewed and compacted. Yeah. But the yeah. rubber bands are intact. And I know from having a career as a saxophone player that you, you, you've you got um, rubber bands. You We used to keep them in the case in case the spring goes. Well, after two years, the rubber and bands yeah. Yeah, yeah, so perish. great. Yeah, they perish. that lasts. Eight last. years after or whatever. Yeah. So it, as soon as he touched them, he says they, they were disintegrating. But to be in a sandbar for as long as that, even if it was a dredger that had pulled it up, mm-hmm. it's quite Difficult to believe And some conspiracy people Think that um, it was Cooper Having another joke Of yeah. places called tenor Bar Or the locals call it T- Tina Bar yeah. As in Tina Mocklow The uh, flight attendant Yeah So they think that perhaps He's got some of this money And he's uh, he's. What do you think? Do you think that's possible? Or do you think he wouldn't do that?
1: I don't, I don't think he would Sort of be so contrived with it It seems a sort of little bit Kind of if he's trying to sort of make some statement or something symbolic in there, yeah. it'd be something that he's just dropped some if he did survive. Because, I mean, we're not saying he didn't survive. All we're saying is the chances are really low, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're
0: assuming for this for the purpose of our conversation that he survived. But It's okay. general consensus that he, he probably perished in the drop and
2: mm, mm. uh,
0: probably landed in the Columbia River, picked up by ship's propellers and probably washed out into the ocean. And never... a A strong possibility everything's gone, but we're assuming that he the guy made it Mm. Sort of Mm. you know and For me would you now? This is an interesting one. Yeah, do you think he'd have an accomplice on the ground?
1: Or do you think he's a lone wolf, you know some of these These lone lone wolves are pretty good, but even lone wolves They could be manipulating their friends couldn't they to sort of just try and help them. Yeah Um. so I think he's probably done most of it as just an individual. I think, really, he's just yeah, an individual. I, I agree. Off.
0: Everybody says that oh, they had an accomplice with a plane standing by, an extra runner guy, done this and the other. If there was a little plane standing by a, a, mm. a small airstrip in the middle of the night, how on earth would he you know where he's landed? Because yeah. in those days, there's no communication between uh. the two of them it would be impossible to know whether he made it or not. Yeah. So he wouldn't sit there in this little plane all night because the following morning the area is going to be swamped full of FBI, police, servicemen all looking for him. Mm. So I just can't see that that... I, also, I, I think I'm,
1: the... Well, I was going to say, you know, the whole attitude, his whole demeanour has been just been very cool, as you say. And that, so that's him thinking it doesn't matter what happens next because I'm not having to sort of meet to time am not having to sort of be somewhere yes
0: and I done. I think I think that point is such a brilliant point and nobody has picked up on what you've just said there. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We go back to Frank Abnegale, the FBI guy who was the uh, uh the, the catch me as you can guy they made the film yeah. about him. Yeah, you know, the one right. thing he said as a sixteen year old, he says, I never planned too far ahead. No. I I always thought I was probably going to get caught, and I was happy to accept that. Therefore, he had no nerves. He was completely and utterly relaxed. And I'm thinking, apart from the slight agitation when a a passenger wanted to come back to use the loo at the back and they ushered him to the front, um, he was in complete control because he knew the crew would do as they're told. Mm. He just couldn't probably control the passengers. He probably wanted rid of them as soon as he could,
2: mm.
0: you know. But I think, but I think that thing that you're saying is he doesn't mm. really care. No. I I think he's not really too bothered whether he lives or dies. I think he's yeah. he made that decision before. He's, he's 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 he's. I think he's an opportunist who's taken an opportunity, and I don't mm. think he's
1: thinking too far ahead. Yeah. And it's like you sort of say sometimes people are successful without they're not trying too hard, you know. That's and that that relaxes you, isn't it? Don't try too hard. If you if you force it, it, you know your brain starts telling you weird things, and you sort of get you undermine yourself, don't you?
0: Absolutely. And and when I listened to the talk of that that uh, fantastic FBI guy who who was a catch him as a can guy, Frank Abnergale, he said that's how it worked. He mm. evaded capture for years because he was um, he was so relaxed, and he, yeah. he, he, he and he he was an opportunist. Mm. And it sounds to me that they've made such a big thing out of DB. Oh, it was called DB Cooper. Sorry, for the listeners that don't know, that's because uh, uh, a a young local reporter, desperate for a story, the cops had gone round to interview people whose name was Dan Cooper to start. Yeah. With. And yeah. they went to a guy who was a minor felon called D.B. Cooper. Quickly eliminated him off the uh, off the scene. But of yeah. course, the reporter was desperate for a story. Another newspaper picks up on it. D.B. Cooper sounded more hip and cool, so that he became
1: yeah. D.B. Cooper.
2: Yeah. But
0: um, but I agree with you. I think that uh, I think that the batting down the wrong avenue. Just looking at special forces guys, people that worked in Vietnam. I think that they. They're looking completely wrong at this and I yes. think the fact that because they said he had hazel eyes They are look at people with hazel eyes
2: mm.
0: Now dis- I've looked at disguises for 1971 and anybody can do any form of disguise in 1971 They could color their art. They can do it with the contact. It's mm. all in there and a the guy it's meticulous if they're mm. only looking at people with hazel eyes, I think it's a huge mistake. On I the think FBI. you're right,
1: absolutely. And I think the bit I was just going to sort of put in there was: um, these days they would do a psychological profile, with yes. they?
0: Yes, yes, I'm sure. And that, that would then, be
1: more. Good. Yeah, that's a, but that would be more convincing as opposed to like a fact like brown eyes. You know, it, there's probably loads of people with brown eyes or. They were looking for, for actually working on facts because actually they've got to be a bit more subtle, haven't they? They've got to come at it from a slightly different angle and then they can profile this person and kind of understand what what's the sort of person that would do this. Yes,
0: because originally they'd go, oh, he's bound to be military. Oh, he's bound to have seen service in mm. Vietnam or Korea or World War II. He's bound to
1: this, but not yeah. necessarily. He could have he reads cartoons, didn't he, according to this thing? He yeah. reads cartoons strips. Uh, the, I mean, uh, the Dan
0: Cooper comics
2: that yeah, um, he's comics, taken yeah. the name
0: from. He's mm. clearly taken it from that. Now, mm. if we look at the Dan Cooper comics, if this guy likes this idea and he's using this loose idea, these French comics. So he could be French, Canadian, Belgium, yeah. could be yeah. British, could be American, could have worked on Merchant Marine for a few years, but look at the guy in the comic. The guy, yeah. the, right. the guy in the comics got blue eyes. The guy in the comics got blue eyes. Yeah. Here's a guy with hazel. You know, I'm just thinking of if 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 psychologists really delved into this, there'll be yeah. little things like that that the guy will probably uh, pick up on that we that they're looking systematically as you know. I always yeah. say when they drew a blank with um, Cooper, what they should have done is track backwards. Mm. Somebody must have seen him come into that airport a taxi uh, go backwards because he's he, he he arrives from nowhere mm. and he he goes to nowhere
1: yeah
0: so i'm yeah. thinking well let's we can't find him this way so why don't we go backwards you know like
2: yeah
0: all the taxis all the cars he, he how did he get how's he got to the airport in the first
1: place yeah that must but, be yeah you know exactly it's it's obviously we do things differently now whether someone would get away with this now but this but the opportunism that you speak about that is is actually something
2: that you can still do today almost one of the one of
1: the chief suspects was a guy
0: called mccoy um vietnam uh, pilot paratrooper all the rest of it and he did a copycat one a few Mm. months later yeah and but it but it was so different and they ruled him out but a Mm. lot of people still think then he broke out of prison and um, he had a shootout with the FBI, He's a bit colorful guy, uh, I think it was a Mormon this guy, and he was he was disgruntled about one thing and another. But I can see why they dis, dis, I can see why he was he was wiped out of the equation because of the what he did because you've come across it before. You see it in football. somebody gets some notoriety for something, and you know you can do it better. And you say, do you know what? I could do that better than he could." You see it in football. You see it in all walks of life. Uh-huh. Oh, look, he's got his name in the paper for doing this. He cycles this distance. Yeah. I can cycle faster than that. Yeah. So you can see how certain people, certain mentality, would then go and do a, um, a, a something a to prove, yeah.
2: to prove yeah. I
0: can do it better. With yeah. you. you know. So you can see why there's a lot of these copycats suddenly happen from all these servicemen who were a bit disgruntled and all the rest of it. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think that that necessarily makes them... Uh, for me, though, the, the the idea of the CIA using 727s and dropping operatives, uh, that's the way they knew that a, an AFT staircase worked. Mm. But the key for me was the fact that he actually said, and I only found this out this year, that he actually says... Um, no, you can do it. You mm. can take off with the stairs down. Mm. Well, I wouldn't have thought you could, but I don't no, know because it exactly. would lean back and it would just completely yeah, exactly. rip it off. Probably, yeah, so, wouldn't surely, When they're on full power, mm. you know, how on
1: earth? But he 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 used the words "you can do it." Yeah, but was he thinking it was just going to be unlocked and just ready to come down, or was he thinking it's no, was he wanted, fully, it. low, had, fully uh, lowered? That's a good point. I
0: don't know. Yeah, yeah. he might he might have mean the buttons clicked. To put it in a position
1: that, that yeah
0: yeah we'll never know but that's a very good point i think one of those
1: different. exactly it's one of those sorts of language things isn't it where the the reality we don't quite know exactly what he was thinking when he said yeah you can do it and obviously if you just have the door unlocked and ready to come down maybe because it does it lower is it either open or closed i don't know that's but it's a handle you know,
0: that, it, that you'll pull and then it'll drop down. I think. So is he, he asked. Only... I think he actually asked for a button. I think, and then he said, mm-hmm. "Where is it?" And then she showed him where the handle was. So, right. he, so if he if he'd been working as a, a, a an employee of Boeing, for example, he didn't know he didn't he? where that was. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the the traces that they got on the tie. Mm-hmm. And, and but the only thing that's interesting is there is that SSL was a project in Seattle building a supersonic airline, a little bit like Concorde. Oh, right. And halfway through the project of giving everybody jobs, they axed it because it wasn't cost-effective.
2: No. And
0: loads of people lost their jobs. And I think there was a joke where there was a big sign put up and it said, last one out of Seattle, turn the lights off. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. They reckoned
0: that the whole industry was in a problem. In right, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's an argument there that could it be an employee, a a disgruntled employee? Yeah. But... but uh, the fact that he didn't know where the handle was
1: yeah. was, was surprising. It's funny because what I think is really interesting is the thing we're talking about just then about this psychological profile in that you don't plan ahead, but you must plan ahead to a degree. There must be some structure to your thinking that, right, I'm going to hijack this plane. I'm going to pretend I've got a bomb. I'm going to do this, do that. Or he has got a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do this. So he must have known. He must have planned So at the same time we're saying okay he's got a structure he's planning but at the same time he's able to just yeah almost like improvise or do something different
0: doesn't really like themselves too much they they have gone past the if they're successful they're successful but if they're not successful they're not bothered if if they if they die in the process it's a bit like um, there's a famous uh, story and funny enough, it, it, it did actually happen to me in my young life. Not like this, not like the story no. I'm going to tell you, but in, there's a book called Hornblower, C.S. Forrester, and in one of the first yeah. novels, his life as a midshipman on ship is so awful. It's yeah. so terrible. And the other midshipmen and the lieutenants are giving him such a bad time that while he's on shore at a local doing some press ganging work with a few men to try and get people for the ship. Mm. He uh, he confronts this horrible lieutenant guy that's giving him a hard time or whatever This other mm. rank And, uh, oh sorry, they're both of the same rank I think But he's superior So they end up with a duel And he's mm. happy to have this duel Because he thinks, well, if I shoot him Then all my worries are over And I get great kudos from the ship If I die, my purgatory's over So mm. he, he feels that, he feels yeah. that he's it, 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 either way, he's going to win. Yeah.
1: See yeah.
0: what I mean? Because it's so bad for him. He feels so yeah. bad about himself. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm wondering if, if that's the sort of mindset that this chap's so happy that if it works, great, but if it doesn't, yeah. and that's why I won't jump with a helmet. And the reason I say that because an old mate of mine, he, he went to jazz college, actually, when he was in his late 30s and he, mm. he'd done lots of stuff stuff in his early days like me he'd been in radio actually been in radio Mm. and he was a base jumper used to jump off pylons uh Mm. tall buildings all over the world all over the world pylons Mm. quarry anything Mm. and he only jumped with one shoot Mm. no reserve and he never jumped with a helmet and i was at his house one day showing me these shots in america jumping off big bridges and i go you and your mate you've got no helmet on he says no, we never jump with a helmet. And I said, you're mad. Why not? And he says, well, because if it goes wrong, I want to die. I don't want to be a vegetable. So therefore, right, we make okay. the decision that we never jump with a helmet. Okay. And, that, and, and to me, I, I was really shocked. I went, my God, that's incredible. And mm. I was watching all this footage. So I'm just going back to the mindset of Cooper. Mm. Is he thinking it's either all or nothing?
1: Mm. But then when he gets to the point where he thinks he's going to succeed, surely you would sort of want to sort of succeed, wouldn't you? If you yeah, think, oh, I'm, I'm reserved, almost home and know. dry here. yeah. yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that kick in? Because, like, I've almost done it. I've almost done it.
0: Yeah. But, but you know, when he when he lands, let's say he, he gets through the tree, because what he did do, they left a one of the reserves had been cut open in the plane, and he'd had a small knife, and Tina Mucklow had actually seen him cut, cut the... Um, Cut some of the uh, shroud lines. Now, shroud lines, you've got risers mm. which go up on your straps and above that, they're called the shroud lines, the thinner ones that go up. And he right. cut some of those to help make a, a tie or a, or a little contact, you know, to tie something else on.
2: Yeah.
0: So he, he'd done that, you know, before before he before he made his jump. What did he do that for then? What was that? Uh, just to, probably to attach something else. Probably to attach the briefcase to his body. I'm oh, guessing, I see. something right, like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. He's,
1: okay. He's, you know, he's he's
0: because he's, he's deliberately wanting to leave the tie, isn't he? But nothing else. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. But as you
0: say, at that point, he thinks he's probably going to succeed. Maybe.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's Typical that one. It's very. And difficult.
0: the psychology. I mean, I re- I feel really sorry. Really sorry for this fantastic this Tina Muckler. It kind of destroyed her life, really, because people mm. hounded her for years. And mm. strangely enough, what's mm. really weird is she, she married a, uh, an FBI guy for a number of years. Mm. Then they were divorced. And then she went and lived in a convent for a decade, a convent, and changed her name. So you wonder what is going on there. You yeah. wonder whether she's been got at. Or whether she just had enough of people hounding her.
1: Yes, yeah, you know, surprising. Edward, yeah.
0: She was 22 years old at the time. She's still mm. alive today. But the poor lady has been hounded with, mm. did he say this? Did he say that? Did he, you know, all this business. And yeah. it must drive you absolutely mad, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, whether they believe people back then.
2: You um, know, some
0: people think. She was in on it with him and it wasn't yeah, exactly. an inside
2: job. That's and
0: all right. And so yeah. like
1: that. What do you think this about is... an inside job, RJ? Well yeah, that's that is in... Yeah, it's I think somebody would have broken by now, wouldn't they? They'd have spilled the beans. Something wouldn't they come out, yeah. But the thing is, just reading on that thing there, there's a statute of limitations, wasn't there? And there's a he's Yes. He's basically gone. He's out of that. There's, there's, if they found who it was now, I think he could still be prosecuted. Because, um, against Barb him. Dayton,
0: who was a man, who uh, was the first w- uh, person to have the uh, change into a woman, uh, gender reassignment, she's mm. one of the suspects who uh, told it all uh, all to the foremans and she retracted everything.
2: Right
0: retracted after the Statute of Limitations in 1976 or 77, I think. 76, yeah, so, right yeah, right. 76. Yeah, that's right. And then she retracted it all because they realised she could be indicted. And they uh, mm. put a grand jury on it and they voted to keep it in. Yeah, yeah so, um, but the thing is, this, but she didn't do it on a deathbed. She was doing it when she was very much alive. Whereas
2: mm. Mm.
0: most people said they were D.B. Cooper on their deathbed. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I've read that, yes. You know, which I think's hilarious. hilarious. Um, just before Nick, I go... I think you can't oh, believe it
1: yeah yeah and you go What? Well, well, can you say that again what do you mean and then
0: and you pay it it's really and it just reminds me back in the um i had a lot of friends of mine who were uh, who'd done sort of crazy things they'd but they were in like special they'd done in soldiering they i came across a lot of my friends and uh, one of my friends told me he said do you remember the uh, embassy Siege um, in, in, in Britain, you know, yeah, the, the Ratings yeah, embassy yeah. said, for about 15 years after that, you never met any service person that, um, that didn't tell you that somehow, oh, I was involved in that, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, everybody wants to be D.B. Cooper. I, well, yeah. I could have done it, yeah. Oh, was it you then? Oh, I'm, I can't say, can't say. Yeah. You know that, because they want this kind of mystique, um, but yeah. famously, Ralph Himmelbach, the one of the original FBI case agent, he he, he yeah. famously said he was just another sleazy common yeah. criminal. I yeah. think he said, and and he, in a way, he, he he has a point because at the end of the day, the guy is doing a is um, doing something that's really wrong, and unfortunately, nobody was hurt, but he was threatening mm-hmm. the life of all the people on the plane you know, yeah. you know
2: in I a way think
1: whether, going back to whether he had a, somebody else was helping him yeah um, I, I think the way he's acted what he's doing i don't think he would want anybody else really helping him because i think he would see that as a problem because you've got to stop them from talking blabbing something out at any point because you got to plan something someone could just blab something out.
0: I agree. I don't think it's
1: too, I, think it's too I,
0: I. That's a really fantastic point. And over the years, I've gone from uh, somebody helping, somebody not, somebody helping. And I came mm. to the conclusion he's a lone wolf. And yeah, he's an opportunist. Because it. I cannot believe, because once he's on the deck, once he's made it, the person who's helping them doesn't know they've made it till he's either going to get someone to come from way outside. Yeah. I mean, there is some guy the dump truck driver guy yeah, the if you've seen that
2: yeah i've seen well,
0: that yeah well what about the people in the cafe you know yeah. for the listener it doesn't know there's a dump truck driver that said he found he was driving along he was going to play some country music somewhere yeah and he sees right. this guy walking along the road rain swept and goes into this little cafe place where he was and Asked if, if he could describe to his mate on the phone if he could. Where um, was it? Where, where am I? Where am where I? Where am I? Yeah, well, what yeah. about the people in the cafe? Who else has seen him besides yeah. him? There's, it it, does, it, it, see, it seemed credible to start with, but I'm thinking, well,
2: yeah. what
0: about the other people
1: that were in there? Yeah, they must have even, seen him. yeah even the people working behind the. You know, yeah, the, we don't know about them. Because they so. probably clock everybody that comes in it would
0: clock a guy go, coming in wet through in a suit without a yeah. tie on. Where am I? Mean, it would he'd
1: stand out, wouldn't they? If he's sort of in a bit of sort of back of beyond type place so there's no obvious sort of where am I, yeah, as you say.
2: Absolutely, um,
1: yeah. And would he go to just somebody sitting, because in the bit of footage, he kind of says, Well, I was quite young back then, so it's
0: 1972.
1: Yes, exactly. He's well, just a kid. He said, I was just a kid. I was drinking my cup of coffee. Yes. The guy said to me, could you go and make this phone call? Well, why would he ask this guy to make, if he if he's there, why doesn't he go and make the phone call? Why involve
2: somebody yeah. he wants else?
0: Him, he, well, he wants the, the guy to, to tell him whereabouts he is.
1: I
2: suppose but, so, yeah, but he could just say that. Couldn't but then, then he could say,
0: what what's this place called? What, what road's outside? Okay, thanks. So then he just tells yeah. the other bloke. Yeah, then he goes and makes the phone call. But, yeah, and it's just and the one, that mitigates that mitigates anybody asking him any questions. Yeah, like you and back in
1: the day then, like I don't know whether you notice it now. No one stops you these days to ask for directions, do they? No, because yeah. everyone's got phones and things. But back, you know, probably like ten, fifteen. Back in then, yeah, it's a bit like you it. Always you always get would, someone. So I've been in doing, London
0: in in, in the seventies yeah. and eighties. If you wanted to know where Tottenham Court Road was, just uh, if you didn't know where you were, you asked an American because yeah. the American tourist had a know better, it, yeah. Better knowledge of an eight to Z bat
1: than we, we did. The thing you get back then, it would have been quite a usual thing for someone to say, oh, could you just give me directions to somewhere or tell me where I am, I'm a bit lost. And you go, yeah, that's all right, we'll do that. Um, but nowadays, no one does that. They don't ask the time, they don't ask, where am I, because they've got their phones, they? So everyone's got a smartphone. I think, I think going back to the um,
0: psychological aspect, I think that a guy like a helicopter pilot who'd served in Vietnam Um, is a possibility if they've got parachute training but I mean I've known quite a few chopper pilots and you probably have and they're they're the guys that tend to stay with the ship really they're not necessarily guys that want to be jumping out they're they're, they're slightly different mentality but possibly so and I know that there is one candidate I think his name was Rackstraw who was in the first cavalry at the time and the CIA were were using his unit to pick some of the pilots to work for them on other things, which that gives a that gives him quite a big clout of a possibility of it being him. Yeah. When I read. But even that loads of people used to go around wanting people to believe it was them because they know that they could possibly have done it. Yeah they have that meant but it doesn't mean to say that they did it that's the thing
1: it does actually look like him the the profile the picture the id picture yeah the other you, one does you compare the, the other them one to... the
0: one with the slightly fatter face that when they profile the two of them together if they yeah. put him, he, he can look but as, again that photo those sketches mm. could fit any any person between the age of about 28 to 45 um. it, it could be any Anybody, any slim person could probably fit it I mean, I looked at that And if you look at the thinner Mm. one of the two And look at the air hostess uh, Florence Schaffner They look very similar Because Mm. eyewitnesses suddenly They're trying to want to be helpful They start picking Mm. bits out of people They've seen on the plane
1: Yeah
0: You know um, so I, I wouldn't have read too much into that. Uh, no.
1: I mean, it's obviously a look, was not it? It has a quite a 1950s-y look, doesn't it? Do you think of, it could uh, be
0: somebody like Dayton that knows how to disguise themselves and just flip back into being a man again? Dead easy.
1: Well, you reckon? Sorry, who, who would it be?
0: Bob, Bob Dayton. It became Barb Dayton. She's, oh, uh, I see. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Explosives. She was a merchant marine, the Canadian thing. In oh, yeah, not land. really, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird. But it's not. Thing. It's not. It's not popular. It's not no. a popular theory for, for to be them, but um, but you see, the thing is, in the uh, what I read about her was the psychiatric report on her when she'd had the change, the the operation done. Mm. A week after was absolutely uh, suicidal, but yeah. a week, a week, a few after the week after that uh, heist was done, that after the uh, hijacking was done, mm. the psychiatric report's totally different. Mm, that, mm. They always think, you know, maybe it could be somebody like that.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't rule it. I guess you can't rule these things out. But she, have,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she. was fearless, reckless. You know, she. 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 What I'm saying is, she. She's. She or he. She's the one from a disguise point of view.
2: Mm, an expert, right. Okay.
0: An expert, but probably. But again, there's about twelve of them. 12 suspects and every single one of them,
2: mm. it could be them mm. in a way. Yeah, but yeah. Then,
1: okay. I think it's always do you think it's easier for a, a, a woman to sort of look like a man, but it's sometimes so a, man a man to, looking like a man
0: to start with. And yeah, then he's become a woman to, to revert back to a man and be very, very easy. Yeah. Um, I,
1: but, yeah,
0: uh, but, yeah. But it's, it's just from a psychological point of view of. Yeah. Yeah. Not being happy with themselves, uh, a bit disgruntled. Mm. But um, the the business with Rackstraw was that he did actually write to the army, disgruntled when they, when they got rid of him. Right, right. Yeah. Them. So he, but they've all got they've all got history of being him. They could all be him.
2: Yeah,
0: it's. it's um, I think you've got to be so open minded on this one.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, there's I think, quite, quite a few have to go, possibilities. I think that they have to go
0: backwards, really,
1: um,
0: yeah. and I think that the comics. A lot of people say, oh, the clues with Tina Mucklow because she was the last person to see him. But I discount that. I, d- I don't think, I think that was done. The plane the plain thing was done. I think I think the comics um, and then the idea that uh, he, he likes practical jokes. That's why the the money thing at Tina Bar could have been a possibility
2: because mm-hmm.
0: he likes the idea. But after reading what I've read, like you, I'm, I'm swaying towards the fact... It was dredged up. I'm I'm just swaying towards that fact after I've read everything. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think I think it's unlikely, very very unlikely that he take the money and go and place it there, in that in that particular part. Yeah. Just Why can't would he do that. What, yeah. No. He could if he, he could write letters to the like some of them did write hoax letters to the to the paper, couldn't he? Yeah.
1: I think he wouldn't publicise, he wouldn't really want to publicise himself or try and sort of make out, like, look at me, I've done this and I've evaded the the police, whatever. Is he that sort of person? I mean, I think he just was thinking, I'm going to keep a low profile here. Why, you know, these people, you do wonder the psychological profile again of these if you've gone to you've, you've been successful in achieving what you set out to do why would you yeah. want to brag about it because that's going to get you yeah into that's trouble. the
0: nature of the uh the, the recidivate the nature of the criminal isn't it it's yeah to brag about it i think that's how mccoy got mccoy got, got caught he, he was saying that he yeah. could have done that db cooper thing to a friend went and did his copycat one and then yeah. uh, this mate told the fbi and the following day they went around the house found the money. He, found everything and that was the end of that you
1: know yeah so, um he's been very clever i mean i think at the end of the day this character whoever he is unbelievable i think he's pretty clever actually um yeah the, the, the
0: fbi um made him out to be not very clever i agree uh-huh. with you i think that he's very very clever mm. and um he, but he, he's, he's, his natural concern for his own life doesn't come into it he's accepted mm. the risk Mm. he's accepted Mm. the risk once he's accepted the risk then the motorcyclist goes into the corner 170 mile an hour or whatever they Mm. accept the risks to you and i it's crazy but the risk has been accepted so so therefore he's not he's he's not anxious because he knows Uh. he wants to do yeah and
1: as you sort of say the time frame during the sort of vietnam war there's guys that are just, it's the training is just in their mindset, isn't it? It's just yeah. how they come out. And there's and
0: hundreds and hundreds and hundreds hundreds of them. Um, yeah.
1: But but so there's,
0: so for whatever reason, um, they've decided to do what they do. I mm. don't believe it's anything to do with the production of aircraft in, in mm. Seattle. Um, mm. Somebody with a disgruntled for the airline. I, don't, I mm. think it's something, I mean, this was the first hijack they'd had things like going down to cuba and all that sort of stuff
2: Mm.
0: all political stuff but they never had a a hijack like this
1: yeah that is interesting because i was just wondered whether that um just leading on from the previous talk we had about beginning of the commercial aviation age really you're talking about that 19 you know the sort of after the war really after the second world war yeah you're only um like 16 17 years from then, aren't you really? 1971, and safeguarding, as you sort of say, there's no ID, there's no checks, there's no security. Some of the things that have come out from this event, I think think from this particular one, the the spy
0: hole in the um, cockpit looking back into the cabin, yeah, it's probably standard after this,
1: yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't think that would be. 'Cause there's there's something to do with locking the door as well, something like that. So so they can't get in to get to the pilots? There's various things. Uh, there, that... Yeah, there is nowadays that came much later.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So every time they have some event like this, it kind of triggers some like some security intervention that they go, we better do this. But slowly over the years we've become more security conscious. But back then probably someone's thought, wait a minute, he's probably flown this trip quite a lot and yeah. he's thought I could exploit all this because it's just all done on like trust everyone's yes. just trusting everybody and there probably haven't been many of these kind of um piracy it's cases got that, it's got that entrepreneurial thing as well that thing of um mm.
0: if it fails they will just pick yourself up he's not bothered about what people think if it fails I'll just uh if do it's the time, good or bad I'll just do it not. again this business fails I'll just pick another one up I write that yeah. money off I'm not bothered if I tread on these people I'll just Go and start again, and, and you yeah. just keep doing it. He's got that kind yeah. of mentality, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So, just as just to summarise, then, what do we yeah. sort of think this chap possibly is? Do you think he's he's obviously done some parachuting? I think he's done more than uh, I think he. I think he's
1: done uh, some, but I don't think. Yeah, he's, he's definitely done some. done some. He wouldn't do it without. He, he he obviously has had some experience. Do you think he's obviously.
0: a pilot? I think I think he is a pilot of some description. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, possibly, possibly, possibly. yeah. The Possibly. fact that he he's using
0: 2023 for the air corridor yeah. and um, yeah. the, the flap settings and keeping the undercarriage down and stuff like that, I think, mm. he's a pilot of some description. Mm. Do you think he's seen some form of um, not very nice things like combat? Do you think he's he's had that experience? I
1: don't know. I kind of it's funny. Not it's necessarily. I've really been thinking about it because again, I kind of think it's this deluded. I think it's just like this, the comics. Yeah. Quite fundamental. The I he agree He thinks with you. he's yeah. that Dan yeah. Cooper I space that, rocket. He's a rocket. I think he's it's a rocket Too easy person. to get
0: fixated. People get fixated on one person, don't they? He's a Dan. And then, what's, yeah, Walter and, Mitty. And, and, I think as as he's a say, Walter Mitty. Comics, um, that idea, the Walter Mitty style character. Yeah, but yeah. to go from the comics, you think that that's something that is 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 quite big in his his mindset here. Mm. It's a sort of naive. It's an
1: outsider. It's a slightly outsider. It's a slight deluded. It's a slight deluded thing, isn't it? Yeah, a weird world. He's in a sort of little weird world of himself. But he can function normally. He's probably, and we're all mad. We're all as mad as the next I mean, it's, person.
0: It's interesting when when uh, there's a, a instructions came with the parachutes, and she said the instructions here. She says, i oh, I don't need that."
2: Mm.
0: And, and then when she said something else to him, I think Tina Mutlow said in recent years something like. When she goes don't leave the bomb she said something about the bomb as she went in the cockpit but he completely ignored it he was busy tying on his thing he, mm. he's just gone from one thing to another he's mm. almost deluded that she exists now he's mm. he's in another little world isn't he ready to yeah it's a sort of, aut- sort of
1: slight autism you know they talk about these spectrums yes. that people are on. yeah and men yeah men tend to be like ocd so maybe he, he probably reads instructions we, and he so, remembers we don't, so
0: between the two of us we don't necessarily think that he He's had to have had to have had combat training then. No, he could have. Oh. He could just pick up. He could just read manuals. He could read manuals, yeah. understand stuff, get a little bit of
1: experience here and there. And it's, it's but... his
0: probably isolation or his deludedness that's developed. It's developed mm. in the way it's developed.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, he's definitely. And he's definitely a you lion agree wolf. with me? Then we he's both agree. Wolf. I don't agree that uh, like you. I agree, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I agree that. um, I don't think he had an accomplice on the ground.
1: No, I agree. I totally agree on that. I think he's lone wolf he's his territory. Army. Yeah. It's
0: so a, what... a cell, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 yeah. I, which a lot of people, we're going against a lot of people here. And um, <clears throat> do you think that it's a possible the guy could have at one time worked with CIA and therefore they uh, either protect him? or tell the FBI just to. Oh, get well, You people. think he might
1: have some? He might have some information on them, and he's working with them. Oh, yeah. oh he did I work for them for a bit. Yeah, but he, he sort of says, "Look, you can't get me because I'll spill the beans on other things." Do you think he's sort of in that? Yeah. He's got but protection. Again, he's got some kind of protection of him, they? they could get rid of him. He could get rid of him, but he might. Yeah, yeah. But would it be
0: Hardly. It's like it's unlikely. If the CIA wanted to get rid of him, they could get rid of him. So
1: yeah. actually.
0: So therefore, I don't think that's an option, really, do you? No,
1: no, thinking about it, no. So, so looking at it,
0: he probably isn't any of those things. He's probably, no. um, do you think he's, um, the air hostess says uh, he didn't have an accent, which is ridiculous to us.
2: Mm-hmm. He
0: says he didn't have an accent. So basically, she's suggesting more sort of Midwest American or sort of Canadian where they, they don't lilt up. You know, they don't no. say tomorrow. They'll talk with an American accent, but it'll be like we we are talking now. Yeah, maybe because no from the area. So she. So he's so
1: that would from that Canadian. area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the distinctive, the difference between like someone like on that sort of Seattle, Oregon, yeah. Northwest. Or do you West, think that the Korean. guy is
0: clever with the accents? It could he's be. Disgui- he's disguising his accent.
1: Hmm. Mm, could be. Could be. Because yeah.
0: he's he's comic
1: comicified in that way. Isn't yeah. He? That yeah, thing. so but it's then why, don't, why don't you just pick a Scottish accent then, or a, and try and do any accent, you know, a different accent. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but uh, if you're going to go to all the trouble of trying to reduce your accent, but so he's you gone don't to all that trouble with him. the suit. I reckon he's
0: gone to the trouble of changing his voice as well. Yeah, he could do of, it. the way yes. he suit the way he looks. The yeah. drabness of it all. He's very mm-hmm. clever. Mm. And, I, and i think that the hazel eyes that's just something i i i, I don't think that you just discount somebody because he's got a different color eye
1: is that so that was one of the things one of the they said he had hazel houses. eyes yeah she what well, they were distinctive i mean hazel eyes distinctive For some you see blue eyes they're quite distinctive i don't I suppose black when, brown eyes. when you think he's about
0: to blow the place up i suppose you've got to Looking him in the very eyes. So it's very difficult. Can I just tell, excuse me, can you tell me what eye colour you've got <laughs> yeah. while you're at it? And, uh, could have been wearing contact
1: lenses. <laughs> <I>? <laughs> well, yeah, they were in, they were in in 71 and they It did. could have been like, uh, you know, like that David Bowie film, the yeah. uh, man who fell to earth type film. And he's well,
0: an yeah, alien. If we go down there, if we go down the fact of, was he, was he working for Langley? Was he working for the secret lot? You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or was he, was he in fact,
2: he, uh, he had lizard eyes
0: behind, behind yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: was he, he just a guy that? Was he just a guy that? Um, he can't have been a guy that was asked to do it, because nobody in the right mind. And you're right. You know this business about the accomplice. Well, can you imagine mm. if there's three of you in on this, and you draw the short straw and says, "We'll wait down here, yeah, up and hijack <laughs> the plane, jump out, and we'll be right here to pick you up.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Nice and safe down here. Yeah. You know, well, why did, and then he'd be saying, "Well, why don't you go up and do it, yeah. and I'll lay down here." So,
2: yeah, so you can see yeah. that
0: from that point of view, it has to be a, a lone wolf situation. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I, I think so. I think so. Um Or oh, is maybe it's there? Like, I'll see if I I'll see how far I get on this, as you say. And he probably didn't realise he was going to get this far, and then he jumps out thinking this is a suicide Unless mission a, now. Uh, big
0: organisations like CIA saying. We want to try this out. You do it, and don't worry; we'll protect
1: you. Yeah, and so he was slightly deluded in that he thought he was going to be protected all the way down the line.
2: Yeah.
1: So they're just testing it, as in t- testing their security yeah. or testing what someone could get but away with. The, the parachutes
0: and everything—it just seems a little, all a little bit bundled. It just seems a bit too not very well planned, and you know. But think... you
1: say that, but it also seems really easy. It just yeah. seems really easy that he got away with it
0: yeah they didn't question very much did they yeah capit- but everyone
1: capitulated completely like yeah, we'll get the money we'll
0: yeah and even the when they had the vapor lock on the fuel tanker oh, i'll just get another one and he yeah. sits there still calm and collected while they get the other lorry yeah because i would be a bit concerned at this stage who's in the other lorry you know
1: yeah but you know when that you talked about that iranian embassy thing oh um, yeah yeah there's a film on that and the guy who's talking to the hijacker—he's always stalling him. But he makes out that I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can for you. Please trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. But he's stalling him all the time. He's stalling him. Yeah. They're not. They're not. Cooper's stupid. quite clever.
0: He doesn't. He doesn't uh, get involved with any dialogue like that. He just right. needs to yeah. shoot yeah. them and he,
1: he, he's off. You know. Yeah, they're probably. They're probably thinking he's a bit of a loose cannon here. He could do anything, couldn't he? But yeah. then he's with the bomb. He's going to kill himself, isn't he? So.
0: And they know they can't fly above 10,000 because if he, starts, if he starts going dizzy from higher altitude yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. He, he might do something, you know. And they, obviously, they don't, they don't know whether that bomb's real or not. They've no idea.
1: No, no. You know. But suicide missions, you know, we talk about suicide missions in terms of, like, the people now, the sort of yeah. Al-Qaeda is wearing this, a strapping about, belt. Yeah, yeah. All, all that sort of stuff, stuff. Ideology. Back then was that a sort of typical thing to do, as it were, um, do you think, nineteen seventy one? Probably not. Yeah. And yet I think I can think of the Japanese kamikaze pilots who yeah, were just yeah, told going Go bang, you're going in, mm. you're not coming back, strengthen on it, you can't you get, you'll get back at the end, I mean, you, you, you'll see your I think rewarding heaven. I think that business about delusion's right, because
0: apparently when he was getting the money he, he was giving some to the air saying saying here. Go and buy yourself something. You know, he have yeah, been a bit sorry. oddly, a di- bit bit strange behaviour for, yeah. for somebody. It's something for your trouble, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very strange behaviour. Yeah, but in so America you've
1: you got to tip everything, you. haven't you? You got to tip everyone in America, haven't you? Oh is that right? <laughs> yeah. You won't get anything unless you tip. Oh, I'd I I end up
0: not getting anything. <laughs> You'd be you're starving. A yeah, it'd be terrible. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, you're right. So so that's that's interesting, but I think that they've. I think that the the uh, with fifty years coming up, we've come to the end of this discussion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a lone wolf. I don't necessarily think that he's got all these skills, and the fact that if he's bouncing up and down on the tailgate at the back, so they're not sure at what point he goes. Mm. Well, it's obvious the last depression is when he goes because yeah. he can't bounce on it yeah. after he's gone. Yeah. So, and what was he actually?
1: Well, just quickly, there's one other thing: is he hasn't. Somehow, tied himself onto the plane, then lets it land, and then runs off from the airport. Difficult to do, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah, he, he's climbing out of the plane. He climbs. Can he get to the because he says to have I'm the legs not down? I was suggesting,
0: RJ, that I, when I was a kid of about five, I used to think that when I watched films on telly, when the plane was crashing, I thought I'd just be at the door, and just before it hits the ground, I yeah, thought well, I'd jump out.
1: No, there'd be no problem. The bugs, yeah, the Bugs Bunny type thing. That was other theory. You come out of the aeroplane, you yeah. clamber onto the, the wheels that are down, because he says put all the landing gear down, doesn't he? Yeah, the landing gear's got to be remained down, yeah. See, so he then hides himself there. Oh. They think he's gone. They land. As he lands, he I runs it,
0: off. I think in cold weather what is it, blood freezes in, uh, in the yeah, body at, what the, is it, 100, 100 and something Fahrenheit, so 40 degrees C, whatever. So I think in that cold, holding on to the wheels for two out- hours before they get to Reno, yeah. I don't think he do it. I think he yeah. fall off. Because he
1: just had a suit, a flimsy nylon suit, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Even at that low altitude and... It was cold, wasn't it? It was blowing a bit of a
0: gale, yeah. wasn't it? It's just like when he, when he goes, when he actually jumps out the door. If it was me with that kind of shoe, I know what I'd be doing. As soon as I've gone, I wouldn't be going into I'd be pulling that handle as soon as I could. I, I know yeah. that. It's I would it. not be, no, be, be free-falling for 5,000 because the speed right. as well will make it colder. Yeah, I think it's best getting that shoot up as quick as he can and taking his chances. Yeah, I think so I reckon as alive, soon as he left, it? I reckon as soon as he leaves, he pulls a, pulls a shoe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then he's um, also then
1: very close to the base. Which is that off. then he's drifted
0: more northeast than we think. He's drifted further.
1: Yeah, yeah possibly, but, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We have to follow-up maybe on this one. We have to do a follow-up he, up on this, because I
0: think the psychological profile... Is yeah. something that is key to this.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
0: think it, I think it's key. And I think the comics are key to it. I mean, yeah. at one stage, I looked back through the comics, and then the, the one before um, Dan Cooper was Buck Danny. So I thought BD. And then I was thinking things like, yeah. oh, Bob Dayton, Barbara Dayton. And then I was oh, yeah. looking at another comic that spun off from it, and it was Barb Rouge, which was right. basically Redbeard. Right. So, at Barb, as in Barb Data, you see, and what happens is your mind starts finding things that you yeah, think patterns. is a connection. but actually yeah, yeah. there's no connection at all. it's oh. It's the fact that and what people tend have tended to do with this case for years is fixate on one person and mm-hmm. keep thinking mm-hmm. there's other things.
1: and there's nothing there, isn't there? We're, really? And we're looking for patterns all the time. And once we sort of yes. think we're getting something, we we immediately follow it. And we I mean, think... there's a there's a marine sergeant
0: who um, ex marine sergeant who found a code between him and Rackstraw that they used as a private code they were using in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And he he sees these words, these letters that have been sent from supposedly DB Cooper to the authorities, and he sees Rackstraw's, um codes mm-hmm. in there and mm-hmm. he says oh i think it's rackstraw but then again i think to myself well it could be him sending those letters to fool people he had a history of doing things like this he
2: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: prove that he did it he no. doesn't prove anything he thinks no. that that is it. it does no it doesn't there's loads no. of people wanted it to be them yeah
2: yeah,
0: yeah. people who were capable of doing it yeah. but didn't but didn't
1: do it so just briefly before, before we finish if yep. He survived and they did it in nineteen seventy one. He did it in nineteen seventy one. Um, and it's fifty years. If he was like twenty say he was thirty, that would mean he'd be eighty now, wouldn't yeah. he? But say he was twenty six, so if he has
0: seen combat and a lot of it, a yeah. twenty six year old could look like a forty two year old if he's mm-hmm. dressed right mm-hmm. and they've had no sleep the night before. Could do Yeah. It, yeah. yeah it
1: looks so a bit right. what would yeah, that yeah. make him? And well, yeah, seventy-six,
0: wouldn't it? I yeah. Him 76. So, could, so so technically so technically he could still be alive. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He still could be could be looking pretty good, you know. Yeah.
0: Um so But uh, the chances are he's probably uh, passed away now. But, yeah. Um, but he'll be here. So if
1: he is still alive, uh, he'll be still alive. That's what I'm
0: gonna say. When I die, just before I die, if he's at the last yeah. moment, I'll look at my family and I'll go. But there's something to tell you, I was I was D.B. Cooper as well. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> just to <just> try. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's too many people, isn't there? But, yeah. But we, what we have exhausted, I think that all the conspiracy theories, I think a lot of them can be, you know, I think that the FBI guys were doing their part and I think they were doing a good job from what they knew. And yeah. I think uh, they might have been told to curb a few things by the CIA for one reason or other. But by and large, I think that it's mm. a lone wolf. And that's mm. the reason why we uh, everybody's been unsuccessful.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, every, all the similar ones that have happened since as well. I think everybody yeah. was successful. And all the later security that they put in. I mean, all these things have been changed now. So the chances of pulling something like this off again are pretty slim, right, isn't it? Um, yeah. But... Yeah, he was a uh, bit of a character. A bit of a character.
0: He? So, D.B. Cooper, oh, sorry, give him his correct title, Dan Cooper. Yeah. Canadian skydiver, occasionally jumped out of planes and, you know, he got the knapsack
1: idea, so we'll, uh, we'll move on.
0: But, yeah, we yeah. should do a follow-up to this, RJ. I think it would yeah, be Yeah, maybe closer
1: to the time, the other 50th anniversary. Yes, so if exactly. anything picked up, because they usually commemorate these things, don't they? Maybe on a doll, on one of their notes, they'll maybe put a, a, a picture of him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, okay, then great. Start, you thanks. Next time.
2: RJ. Okay,
0: brilliant. Cheers. Cheers. Then, uh, yeah, just a footnote uh, in November 1978, a placard printed with instructions of lowering the uh, aft stairs of a 77 was found uh, by a deer hunter near a logging road approximately 30 miles east of Castle Rock, Washington. That's uh, well north of uh, Merwin, Lake Merwin, however. It's within Flight 305's basic flight path, and um, interestingly, sort of north of the Amboy parachute that was found. Of course, a lot of people think about that lake as a, a point of uh, interest. So, my thanks to uh, RJ, and, um, and that's the DB Cooper story so far. Perhaps you may well take an interest and check it out yourself, and who knows, you may be able to solve it. Um, you might want to check out my uh, YouTube channel, Harpo the Healer on YouTube. And uh, In the meantime, from RJ and myself, happy hunting.